Scorn, my dear boy. What's up, Santa? Merry Christmas. Oh, thanks, you too. I hate Santa, but you say uh, Merry Christmas to me too. Phil, you sound a little different. Oh. <laughs> but sorry, I didn't mean to embarrass you in front of Santa. Yeah, I didn't talk to you, Scorn. I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> um. Oh, Darsh, you're here too. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm, of course, I'm like, whoa, Santa's here too. It's like we got four, it is we have Phil, we got Santa, here. we got everybody in the house for the crazy Krimpus Krampus New Year humble oh, every year, every episode. fucking year this happens every year. <laughs> what an episode! Such a good episode, Santa. I know you're a busy guy this time of year. Are you? Santa, are you gonna stick around for the started. whole episode, Santa? Oh, who knows, Rudolph? <laughs> yes, um, Rudolph. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he only, Santa, I guess he only you just, just says say, Santa. Yeah, it sounds like he just says, says random Christmas, Christmas stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, uh, uh, <laughs> never. Um, <clears throat> I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he was gonna say there. I don't know what I he don't was gonna, was gonna be allowed. I think he started choking on I, a cookie or something. Yeah, he's he was sucking down. He's been sucking down all the milk in the in the place. We went to the green all room. The, and the milk has been yeah. The milk and the nog. He's been milking some nogs in the back, and let me tell you. Oh, jeez. Mr. Mr. Claus. I don't remember. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the Christmas episode, everybody, of Monday Morning Macabre. Uh, We got a full booth. Ready we got a for- full booth in here. We got Phil. We got Cramp. We got no. We don't Krampus. We got Phil. We got Santa. We got Darson Scones here to talk about some more scary macabre things in a Christmas uh, f- flavor. Oh, it's fl- it's a holiday flavor for sure. <laughs> Where are my cookies? See, Santa's got the holiday flavor. <laughs> yeah, he's got that holiday flavor though. So, welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. Where we talk about Welcome. the spooky scaries. Uh-huh. And uh we do our annual Christmas special. Christmas special. I know what you're thinking. Christmas has already happened by the time this has come out, but my dear boy, a uh, fuck you. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. A uh, fuck you. Actually, we're us. recording this ahead of time. You could I could Dringo Drango drop this on Krango. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you on Monday that, would go, Where's my episode? What? It happened on Crimbo. Hey, but uh, and so this is Crimbo. So this is Crimbo. And a happy new year. <laughs> a happy new year. <laughs> We're just doing the uh, Patreon episode again. <laughs> oh, everyone got it on the whole table. Yeah, yeah everyone got it on the Christmas Carol. Um, I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, as this is technically coming out two days after Christmas. But it's a it's a holiday episode, New Year's included. So New Year's isn't here yet. So that's how we're we're framing this. And I hope you guys didn't get any coal. I hope you got all of the fancy things in your stocking. And I hope if you're a Patreon listener, Perchta didn't show up and try to feed you oat gruel. That shout um, out to the real ones. Know what that means? Shout out to the behind the paywall kids. And uh, yeah, merry merry Krimbo, happy Hano- Hanoko, happy Sonoko to all of our listeners. I hope you're gassed up and ready because we're coming at you with a hot one today. Welcome, guy. I'm not welcome. You, you were here. We've established welcome. Um, Scones is going to be bringing us a Krimbo Drimbo, <laughs> Drangi Wangi, and it's Spooky Wookie. So I hope today? you guys are ready. 
on this Christmas episode. Santa, <gasps> Phil, Ooh. Darcy. Yeah. I hope you're ready to talk about the loss and family oh, murder. I don't, I don't know what I, my voice is different this week. Yeah, it's okay. The loss and family murders, you say? Yes. We're going to be coming straight at you from horrorobsessive.com with an article Horror by Neil Grave. Neil, dude, all of this is like on brand. I like it. You done good, Sconey. Christmas is supposed to be a festival of good cheer. The one time of the year that you can get together with your loved ones and forget the transgressions of the previous 12 months. Wait, speaking of scones, um, real quick. Yo, what's up? What's up? Happy Festivus. Is there anything you really want for Christmas? Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, wing, wang, walla, walla, bing, bang. Um, Did you ask, like, mommy, daddy, I really want I said, this new Nintendo. Daddy, daddy, <laughs> daddy. Daddy, I want a golden goose, my dear. Daddy, I want one of the yachts that the Pearsons got. <laughs> daddy. Oh. Daddy. Daddy, daddy I want you to fire everyone at the restaurant, daddy. <laughs> daddy, the firm, destroy it. Daddy. Da- oh god you join around hey, the you guys fire. want to cut out scone saying daddy uh and send it to my inbox that's totally <laughs> you join around the fire exchange presents eat too much drink too much and spend the day basking in the enjoyment that family life brings hey the one thing that you don't expect is for somebody in your tribe to brutally and callously murder every single member of your household for reasons Jeez. unknown or otherwise jesus christ Sadly, what if the writer like said that and then the story had nothing to do with it? <laughs> be like, hey, we're gonna be talking. Okay, Neil? <laughs> Sadly, on December 25th, 1929, this is exactly what happened to the Lawson family in Germantown, North Carolina, after their patriarch, Charles Davis Lawson, slaughtered his wife and six of his children. After their Patreon got canceled? Pretty much. It's like Man. those movies where like the dad, like, the movies that were hot in like the 90s and 2000s where like the dad worked too much and he was never around for Christmas. Yeah. But instead he comes in and just fucking kills everybody with a bow and arrow. Yeah. That's just like a classic <laughs> 90s Christmas movie. Remember when Tim Allen murdered the families? Yeah. And uh, or Great Arnold stuff. Schwarzenegger just choked out his entire family in Jingle All the Way yeah. just before next, Christmas. Papa. <laughs> Daddy, just before Christmas. Daddy, we next choke me. <laughs> 1929, Charles, Charlie Lawson. <laughs> Santa loved Santa that, Daddy. That. Santa loved that one. Charles Charlie Lawson took the unusual step of heading into town with his family to have a portrait taken. Normally, this wouldn't have been seen as strange, but due to the fact that he was a working-class farmer and had to spend a lot of money to make sure his wife and seven children had brand new clothes, it raised a few eyebrows among the locals. So basically, back then... Cox, Cox and brows. 1929, if you wanted a picture of your family, it costed money. It costed big bucks. Money. Santa, you were around back then, right? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I think that's about all we're getting okay. out of him. But thanks for coming, Yeah, he's Santa. not a talker. <laughs> Charlie wasn't from an affluent background. His parents had been sharecroppers, a practice whereby they rented a small patch of land and in return gave a portion of their yield over each year to the landowner. And this was not a practice you could use to get wealthy. 
He had sure. met and married Fanny Manring in 1911. Fanny Manring? Fanny Manring. Fanny Manring is her name? <laughs> yeah. Did we make her up? <laughs> what kind of name is that? It sounds like a adult <laughs> toy. <laughs> it sounds real bad. <laughs> sounds like something you'd ask daddy for. <laughs> Get your Fanny Manring on. <laughs> Merry oh, no. Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Santa, have you ever had to put a <laughs> fanny man ring under someone's tree? <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're getting out of him. <laughs> yep. Uh, How much do you hate your daughter to name her fanny man ring? <laughs> the heir to the man ring fortune? <laughs> Her father, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gotta love the old... Oh. <laughs> so stupid. So, so stupid. Dumb. God, this derailed everything because of a stupid <laughs> fucking name. After they saved up enough money by farming tobacco, <laughs> they bought a rundown farm in 1927. Are we sure that's what brother. they did? I don't know. Fanny and Dick Manring. This marriage was fruitful. <laughs> it came to children. And Charlie and Fanny had eight in total. Arthur, Mary, Carrie, Maybell, James, Raymond, and Mary Lou. So they had a Mary wow. and a Mary Lou. <laughs> oh, no. It's probably they had, Marie. They almost, uh, yeah. Anyway, the third yeah. born, William, died age six after he contracted an illness, which it does not specify what illness. License to ill? Charlie, Yeah. He, yeah, that album was too sick. <laughs> you got his license and then... Charlie was... De- <laughs> bit the dust. Charlie was a devoted, if occasionally strict, father. So even though a, a few of the townsfolk seemed suspicious that he had splashed out the kind of money he really didn't have to be able to afford to, no one expected the horror that was to come. That Christmas mm. morning, Marie, who was 17, woke to bake a cake for the family festivities that had been planned. And at some point while she was doing this, her sisters Carrie, age 12, and Maybelle, age 7 set off to visit their aunt and uncle who lived close by. They would never make it. Okay. Charlie cool. was waiting by the tobacco barn. As soon as he, they came into view, he cut them down with a 12-gauge shotgun. Jesus. Make sure they were truly dead. He also bludgeoned them with a weapon for good measure. What the fuck? This is their dad. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> From here, for the clarifying statement. he returned home and opened fire on his wife, Fanny, 37, who was sitting on the porch which killed her instantly. He then Jesus. entered the house to be greeted by a hysterical Marie, who he wasted no time in shooting dead before he searched the house and found James, in, uh, age four, and Raymond, age two, who had tried to hide. Ah. He killed both of the boys as well, as, uh, as well before returning his attention to Mary Lou, who was only four months old. He chose not to use the That's... business end of the gun this time, but would beat her to death instead. Jesus Christ. Charlie what then the walked fuck? out into the woods and spent a few hours there before committing suicide. The wow. only survivor of the massacre. What a piece of fucking shit. Absolute shit. Excuse bag. my lingo, but holy moly. Well, so yeah, sorry to swear in front of Santa, but. <laughs> fuck you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, fourth wall breaking sorry. there. <laughs> sorry. The only <clears throat> survivor. <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> the only survivor of this massacre <laughs> was Arthur, age 16, who was off running an errand. 
Depending on which story you believe, either he returned home to find his family murdered or visiting relatives did. But all the reports agree that the bodies were laid out with their arms crossed across them and pillows under their heads. Ugh. Except for his two first victims who were found in this manner in the barn but had rocks under their heads instead of pillows. Along with a police officer who was with him, Arthur eventually found his father who had letters with him that he had written to his parents. Nobody knows why Charles... Charlie Lawson snapped on Christmas morning and performed one of the most unspeakable acts a human being can. But as you can imagine, there's plenty of speculation surrounding just what drove him to slaughter. All but one member of his family. I mean, did he have like, did he play in the NFL? I'm confused. Oh, wow. Getting <laughs> topical. Got it. For a long time, uh, yeah, surviving... I want to hear, I'm interested to hear the, the back story here. For a long time, his surviving relatives and friends pointed to the fact that Charlie had suffered from a form of head trauma a few months before the incident. They were convinced that this was the source of the madness that drove him to such an unspeakable act. In fact, it's so crazy to think that like I could just like land wrong off my sick swing jump at the playground and then all of a sudden become like a serial killer. Yeah. But if you get high enough, that'd be wicked boss. Yeah. Be wicked sick though. In fact, insanity was seen as the sole reason for his actions. It was even reported as fact in the twin city Sentinel the day after. This took place in the Twin Cities? I'm thinking of the sister cities. I take it back. Continue. Twin Cities. So I'm guessing it's Minneapolis, Indianapolis. That's what I thought. Believed to have become the quote from the Twin City Sentinel. Believed to have become. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Believe to have become suddenly insane. Charles Lawson, 42, who lived near Germantown in Stokes County Christmas Day, killed his wife. Fanny, 38, and six of his seven children, and then committed suicide. Oh, wait, no. This is in North Carolina. Just kidding. Oh, true. I don't know what the Twin Cities in North Carolina are. but um, Springfield and Springfield. For over 60 years, this was taken as gospel. It was seen as the only logical reason for Charlie doing what he did. But initially, I was convinced that this couldn't be the case. As during my research, I failed to find... This is the writer, everybody. I failed to find evidence <laughs> of any kind to back it up. I spent hours scouring the internet, searching for the slightest morsel of information to say that Charlie had had any kind of accident or that his behavior had deviated from his normal pattern in any way, shape, or form. All right, so now we're getting into this writer. It's shifted from a historical recount to an investigation. (laughs) In fact, (laughs) so convinced was I that this angle was false that I wrote a whole paragraph on it. (laughs) What? Jeez, Santa. I, I don't know. He just started staring like blankly and screaming. Yeah, he's got the mile long stare right now. Yeah. A thousand oh mile God. stare? Hundred mile stare? Either uh, way. No, he's got just one mile. He looks. He is. Seeing some shit. All right. It took my incredibly anyway. patient editor to find out what I was uh, looking for in a North Carolina newspaper, Greensboro News and Record. It's an article written by Susie C. Spear that looks back at the events that happened 90 years previous. And even though the evidence she lays out couldn't be taken as gospel, it still helps to contradict uh, the initial findings. She writes that Charlie Lawson had, in fact, been acting very erratically in the months leading up to the incident. It had complained to the family doctor on more than one occasion of terrible headaches and insomnia. Ah. She also points uh, out no, that... I just don't understand why you don't just go in the woods and do it to yourself. Why do you have to kill everyone else? Yeah, it is. You have to be on your... Some kind of shit to, I don't know, man. I can't even imagine being in that kind of mind state where you're that violent. 
It's she also just, points out yeah. that this is all backed up in Trudy J. Smith's book, The Meaning of Our Tears. This lends a lot of credence to the claim that instead of planning to kill his family, Charles Lawson lost his mind and that the act was in the spur of the moment. This seems okay. to be an open and um, shut case. But there was also another but, theory that emerged many years after the fact that might explain why the insanity idea was pushed so hard by those left behind. Ooh. The truth was too much to bear, a truth that wouldn't come to light until 1990 when a new book about the Lawson family massacre was released called White Christmas, Bloody Christmas, written by M. Bruce right. Jones. <laughs> That's such a lame title. The author claimed to have proof that what had driven him to perform such an unthinkable act was that he had raped Marie and gotten her pregnant. So it's getting oh my God. more macabre. Now, which one was Marie? The 17-year-old daughter. Ah. They claim that a fair few people had suspicions in regards to the relationship between father and daughter, including an anonymous tip from someone who had gone on tour of the Lawson farm where the, gu- uh, the guide stated that the incest story was indeed fact. Adding even further fuel to the fire, just before the book went to publish, they were contacted by Charlie's niece, Stella Lawson, who claimed that at the funeral she overheard members of the family discussing how Fanny had had her suspicions that there was something unsavory going on between the two. Oh my god. Trudy J. Smith went even further in her previously mentioned book, The Meaning of Our Tears, where she recounted that Mary Law- uh, Marie Lawson's closet closest i think is what that's supposed to say it says closet but i think closest <laughs> closet. friend ella may johnson closet friend told the story LMAO. <laughs> lmfao red foo <laughs> and sky blue told the story <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> told the story that during a sleepover <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> told the story that during a sleepover marie had come clean and confessed that she was pregnant with charlie's child to which sam hill ah. A neighbor of the Lawsons claimed that Charlie had told Marie, if she told anyone, that, quote, there would be some killing done. Jesus. That's- the fact remains that the only person who knew why he did what he did that day was Charlie Lawson. And he took that knowledge to the grave with him. This means that all we can do is try to figure out what turned this family man into a monster and for this to happen. There are a few things we need to take a closer look at. Starting with, why did he have the portrait taken? Yeah, that's a good question. Why would, I mean, is... What's the point? Uh, I thought that was supposed to be his, like, you know, like, if you're going to murder your family, you take him to Applebee's or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Shout yeah. out, no free yeah. ads, <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> it seems completely out of character for a man of such frugal means to spend so lavishly. Again, at this point in time, getting a picture of your, your family is very expensive. Not only would the picture itself have set him back a fair chunk of change, but he also bought brand new outfits for all eight family members. If this Dude. act was premeditated, it also str- it's also strange that he would go to the lengths of having it done in the first place. What did he hope to achieve? Did he plan to keep the picture as a reminder of his actions? And if so, had he not planned to commit suicide and instead allow the law to take him in? This last part has definitely has a uh, the last part definitely has a ring of truth to it, as when they found his corpse, the area around it was covered in footprints, meaning that in the hours between the deed and his suicide, Lawson had been pacing frantically in the woods trying to figure out his next move. Yikes! I wonder if he's trying to figure out his next move or he was just like losing it. Like, 
at yeah, this point, like a rabid dog. I mean, like, yeah, you're not a human anymore. Personally, I think that Charlie wasn't the one who came up with the idea of the portrait. I have no facts to base this on, says the writer, but I just have a feeling that it was his wife, Fanny, who wanted to have the photo taken as a Christmas present for the family and talk Charlie into it. And talking of Christmas, was there a significance as to why Charlie waited until that day before he acted? It can't be because he knew that this would be the one time of year that the whole family was under the same roof, as they were always in each other's company. So what was it? Why Christmas? If we are to take it as read that he had indeed gotten Marie pregnant, then perhaps she had waited until that morning to inform him, thinking that her father was less likely to react in a negative way on such a religious holiday. Uh, that kind of makes sense. A horrifying thought. I mean, it makes sense, though, as far as like looking it's for... It makes sense, but it's so sad. It's the saddest. Yeah. There's also the question as to why he would spare Arthur. It just doesn't seem to make any sense. Why uh, did he do it out of love for the eldest son? Considering the horrific act he was about to perform, it doesn't appear that Charlie had any feelings toward any of his kin at all. So to think that he had a sudden burst of fatherly devotion to one of his children hours before a premeditated murder spree is a stretch of the imagination too far for the writer. Seems awfully likely, unlikely. Uh, The writer goes on, while the incest angle would explain a lot, it never sat right with me. I'm not denying that it's a possibility, but why did it take six decades to surface? Admittedly, no family wants something as serious as that aired in the public, and though I have no doubt that the authors of these two books uh, that I've discussed in the article believe what they were told, I feel that this is just a case of he said, she said. Though that makes for a good copy, it is hardly based in fact, mainly because an autopsy would have found evidence that Marie was pregnant. That's also a good point. Oh, that's, that's a big, that's a very good point. And that, and the results of the autopsy have never come to light. There would be no hiding what had gone on between Charlie and Marie, and we wouldn't have to wait 61 years for a book to bring us this truth. Although I yeah, could also see sense. like small town, like autopsy, the guy being like, this is so sad. I'm not even going to bring up the fact yeah, I'm not that even gonna this person report was, it. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense too. This leaves only This the is just head. a very, very macabre story all around. Oh, yeah. Right on Christmas. Santa, this macabre enough for you? He's still he's Yeah, still he is going through red some stuff. in the face. I'm not going to lie to you. I hope he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, he's. He has. The light is guy. on, but nobody's been home for about a good 20 <laughs> Nobody minutes Nobody is home, and I hope it is not getting picked up on the mics. This leaves only the head injury theorem, and it is the one that I talking about the writer of this article, favor. I, Considering the era... Dick Manring. <laughs> Dick Manring. It's <laughs> <laughs> my new, like, alias for everything. Dick Manring? <laughs> yeah. Dick Manring and Thunder Johnson here. This leaves only the head in... Uh, considering the era that this happened in, medical procedures were nowhere near the standards that we have today. So to say that he had zero abnormalities on his brain when they cut it open, might have been true then. But I'm sure that under today's rigorous tests and examinations, it would be discovered that there was a serious amount of damage and that it led to Charles Lawson committing the ultimate sin against his own family. Yeesh. Oh, man. The the writer hits us with, a as a father myself, so you oh, know this no. is real. This was one Got of the him. most difficult articles I've ever had to write, and I will never understand the motivations behind Charles Lawson's actions. That may nope. be the reason that I Agreed. am more comfortable with the idea that he wasn't in control of his emotions due to a fractured skull, then I am with the idea he raped his daughter and then butchered everyone to cover his tracks. 
But whatever the reason for the loss in family murders, this is the kind of violent act that will never wash clean. Yikes. Big scary. Darce, do you have any as a father stuff to add? Uh, as a father, I got to say, um, big yikes for me. Big yikes? Uh, big yikes. Maybe the biggest yikes. That's a pretty big give. yikes. A yeah, a lot yikes. of mystery so there as to like the motive. Definitely not mystery as to yeah, who motive, did it. I mean, like. I have, I can safely say I've never had the thought, you know what would be a super cool thing to do today? Just <laughs> buy a shotgun. Like, that's never happened. Yeah, you, you didn't so, even get to that step. <laughs> no. I'm like, I need to get my wife gay. Dude, imagine She's Arthur going to work. who just comes home and is like, what? Yeah, right? That's horrific. Everything sucks about this, and it's very sad. And that's the kind of stuff um, we promise you here. At Monday morning. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. <laughs> Rock and uh, listeners. The Christmas, the Christmas tree. tree. There's a Christmas party hop. Oh, there he is. Phil, you're back with a good voice. Hey, Phil. I mean, the regular How you doing? Voice. What's up, buddy? I'm getting done in your hot car. Oh, um, yeah. Are you, you got a new hot for car a, for Christmas. I was going to say, he's wishing, definitely wishing for hot cars for Christmas. Oh, I made a real good boy this year. <laughs> you sure have, Phil. Except, well, I guess we reconciled the whole, like... Uh, yeah, except for the sandwich situation, the sandwich but I situation. think besides that, he's done pretty well. Yeah. Uh, Santa, thank you so much for being here. Phil, thank you for being here. Santa, Santa is I not don't, looking great. He is not... Yeah, I think our executives are going to come and just wheel him out of here, I he think. He is Ideally. very sweaty and has not looked at anyone else in the eye in a long time. <laughs> so... I don't know if you guys, if you don't get gifts this year, uh, I mean, I think it's because Santa's gone through some stuff. But I hope <laughs> some you do. Serious and I hope stuff. your holidays are as beautiful as the day you left them. Oh, I also have another fun holiday scary creature to a little bonus, a little bonus Jonas. All right, bonus end. scary creature. What is it? The Yule Cat. Yule Cat? Yep, it's a giant cat that's the pet of someone named Gorilla and the Yule Lads. <laughs> the Yule Lads sound like the most rambunctious group of British kids I've ever heard. The Yule Cat's prey consists of children and adults. Unlike the other Christmas monsters, the cat does not care about your misdeeds during the year. The only insurance Damn. against being torn apart and eaten by the giant feline is receiving an article of new clothing for Christmas, so shop wisely. So, All right, Phil, you better ask for a new hot rod jacket to go with your hot car. Otherwise, the Yule Cat's... That's his teeth chattering. <laughs> He's so scared by the Yule Cat. <laughs> yeah, he does not like the Yule Cat. He is freaking out, too. Santa, isn't that kind of on you? Shouldn't you be bringing people clothing for, to ward off this kind of terrible thing? Yeah, he is not great. We need uh, we We might have to call somebody. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to call Mrs. Claus right now. Please get her on the phone. Bink, 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 bink. Hey, Mrs. Claus, this is Dars. As I'm sure you know, uh, your husband is having a little bit of an episode. Yes, me, and... Mrs. Claus. Oh, uh, hi. Yes, okay. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> um, Your husband's... You know Vietnam? It's like that. Oh, of course like I know that. Vietnam, Didi. <laughs> Didi. Didi. Um... <laughs> Is he having one Merry of his Christmas episodes is... again? Uh, he is, and we're really hoping he can snap out of it so he can get all the kids their toys for Christmas. <laughs> okay, I'll send down the big send to pick him up. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mrs. Claus. Okay, thank you, bye. All right, bye-bye. Such a nice lady. <laughs> wow, she is really nice. Wow. 
Well, gang, I hope you have a beautiful holiday celebration. We love you more than life itself. Don't double cross us. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and have some good holidays. Twitter, MMMCobPod, Monday Morning Macabre on Instagram, MondayMorningMacabre.com for all the merch, Patreon, etc. needs. And beyond that, have a good Monday, gang. Have a great Monday, gang, gang. Goodbye, dearies. 